Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. All that the Lord has spoken we will do, and we will be obedient. Thus saith the Israelites regarding their keeping of the Old Covenant. On this day, Monday, Thursday, our lessons are focused on the covenant made with Israel and the new covenant of which Christ is the mediator. The Israelites were brought forth from Egypt, from the yoke of slavery, by the mighty hand of Almighty God. And they were given the law. They declared allegiance and fidelity to God and his law, to God's word. All this we will do, they said. And they were sprinkled with blood. This covenant, the old covenant, promised blessing for faithfulness and cursing for unfaithfulness, for disobedience. All this, by the way, they did not do. They did not keep the commandments of God. Well, they didn't keep them perfectly. They broke the commandments and they did what was forbidden. So God crushed them and wiped them off the face of the earth. Except, hang on a second. That's not what God did. He did not crush them and wipe them off the face of the earth. That's what some people would have you believe. They preach a God who's Wrath is aimed at you. Fire in his eyes. He's going to get you because you violated his law. You broke my law. Now I'm going to smite you. I mean, it's true. There are some vivid examples of God's wrath, which is poured forth in righteous anger. For example, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Fire and brimstone raining from the sky, from heaven on these people. Yeah, that's that's God's wrath. Or the judgment of the flood. But when you look in the view of all of the scripture and you take everything in, we see that these judgments are a part of God's alien work. These are... These are alien works because they're the works that are necessary because of his holiness and because of the sin of mankind, because all of this they did not do. But they're not the works that God desires for his creation. They're not the works that he desires to do. They're they're the works that are alien to God, reluctantly done. How do we know this? Well... We see this in the sending of his only son, Jesus Christ. In Christ Jesus, the wrath of God the Father was poured on God the Son. It's a mystery. We can't understand all of the intricacies of this most blessed transaction. But we discover this by the revealed word, by the sacred scriptures, and we hold fast to it. Because that is the promise of the gospel. That all of your sins have been put on Christ Jesus. That he took all of your sins upon himself. 
that you might be forgiven of your sins. God in his holiness cannot look away from sin and just pretend like, oh, I didn't see that. No, he can't do that. There must be a ransom paid. But what he can do is send his only son, Christ Jesus, to pay that ransom. That is what shows us God's love. And that's his work. That's God's natural work. It's to serve just as he washed the feet of the disciples. It's to serve just as he served up his own son. And as Jesus, in obedience to the Father, served himself up to suffer the wrath that should have come upon us, all of us, but it came upon Christ Jesus in our place. God the Father sent Christ Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. All this I have done for you. That's the new covenant. All this that you couldn't do, all this I have done for you is what Jesus says. That's the new covenant. Jesus Christ lived a perfect and sinless life for you. Jesus Christ suffered and died for you. Jesus Christ set aside his divine prerogatives for you so that he could die for you. The psalmist declares, what shall I render to the Lord? Of course, this is very familiar to this to us because we sing this. It's a liturgical psalm that we use. What shall I render to the Lord? And the psalmist answers the question. I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. In other words, the question, what can I do to earn your favor, God? What can I do to pay you for all of your love for me, for creating me? And the answer is, I can trust in God. Not as a bringer of wrath. Not trust in God like I'm cowering from him. Yeah, I trust you, God. Don't smite me. No, trust in God as a refuge. God, I will trust in you as a refuge to whom I will turn in my time of need. We don't turn to him in confidence because we're just so good and sinless. We turn to him in confidence because he is loving. Because he loves you. That's why you turn to him in confidence. Trust in Christ is the work of that you render to God, if you want to consider it that. It's not even a work because the faith, the very faith that you have, which enables you to trust in God, is a faith that he gives you. And this is the new covenant. The, the old covenant says, do. The new covenant says, done. It says that by the shedding of Christ's blood, all your sins are forgiven. As we heard from Hebrews, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. But take heart, for the blood of the spotless lamb is shed. Now that we should be nourished in this faith that saves us, that enables us to cling to God. The faith that clings to the promise that God has given us in Christ. That he's given it. To us in this new covenant, our Lord instituted the Lord's Supper. It was on this night, 
Thursday night of the uh, Passover week 2,000 years ago that Jesus Christ instituted this very sacramental meal that we receive. He broke bread on this night. He was betrayed and then he broke bread with his disciples. This is the night when he showed them what it means to be God. He gave them his body and his blood. This is my body. This is my blood. He served them forgiveness through his death. Tonight, we don't merely remember. This is not merely a remembrance. We remember and we proclaim his death for our sins. And we participate in this supper because he is truly bodily present in this sacrament that we receive here at this altar. Christ himself comes to you in the wafer and in the the wine. He comes to you. It is his very body and blood. And it's it's objective. See, that's why God gives us this sacrament, because it's objective. It's not dependent upon your, your mustering up enough faith to receive it. The sacrament gives you the faith to receive it. Christ comes to you and says, here, this is my body. And he says more than that. He says, I give this to you for the forgiveness of your sins. So this is not merely a remembrance. This is participation. This is participation because we're receiving exactly what he declares in his word that we are receiving. He's present in this sacrament to give you the faith that clings to life, that clings to true life, the life that you have in Christ alone. That's what true life is. So come to this altar and receive the medicine of eternal life. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.